What was your first car? Uh, my first car. So the first car that I drove in high school was my dad's 1997 Ford F-150. Then the first car that. Sexy. Yeah. Then the first car that I personally owned was a 1999 Chevy Malibu. Yes. Yeah. And then I um, actually just got rid of that car in September. Gave it to our dear friend. And then um, I got a 2002 Honda Civic, and that's what I'm currently driving, and its bumper needs fixed. Huh. When I was in high school, I had a 2005 Dodge Grand Caravan. That was my first car, which, if you don't know off the top of your head, it is a minivan, and it was a white minivan that I got from my mom's work. She worked at an adult... Sex shop? Mental, no. What? Why would a sex? Why would a sex shop need a minivan? Because Nina? you sometimes have those parties and you have to fill up the trunk with stuff. You just what, enough to warrant a minivan. Like, what are you, you taking the a, kids to the sex party? No, it's for soccer moms. What if you've got to like take a bunch of porn stars to the party? That's not. You haven't been to one of these, have you? No. They are not that fun. I haven't been to one either, but no, I I've know never they're been not to a that sex fun. Party. It's like just not a sex party. It's like you you go and it's like when people show uh, beauty stuff it's like in Mary front of their Kay, friends but for sex toys. Yeah, but they just pull out some like like ding dongs and flap them around and be like, "Well, doesn't this seem nice?" And they drink wine and they're like, "Are we being scandalous? You want to buy one?" Not the one that's been in your hand. You hands. don't need a minivan. All right, is what I'm saying. But I like I said, they're for soccer moms. And that's what all my friends called me, was soccer mom. <laughs> but jokes on them, I took out the seats in the back and I put a mattress down there. And you're probably thinking, ooh, Kashan, you were probably getting hella laid back there. Nope, it was for camping with my homies. What a missed opportunity. What's up? I was not getting laid in high school and nothing's changed. Uh. You live with your <laughs> girlfriend. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> She listens to the podcast. She's, she's going to hear it. She's going to hear that. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesse. Uh, and for the rest of you, welcome back <laughs> to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Uh, my name, once again, as always, Kashan Bachelor. And my name is still Nina Kern. She has not changed Haven't it. Haven't changed it. Not yet. Um, so we got big news, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing about the podcast, like what that made I got it my sound COVID like. vaccines. That's not it. She did, and I'm half vaxxed. So my armpit hurts so bad right yeah, now. Yeah, Nina is in a bad way right now. She's been sleeping all day. Yeah, um, I feel kind of pale. You look kind of pale. Yeah, if we're being honest. Yeah, uh, but it's not that. Uh, Bernie Madoff today, the day of recording, he died this morning in jail. R.I.P. Burn. To feel the burn. Feel, no. Feel the burn. Not Bernie Sanders. Bernie oh yeah, Madoff. Not, not that Bernie, although honestly, oh, he's probably not too far off. Hey, I mean, he's fucking old. He is so. really old. Um, like seventy-eight. I, I don't know off the top of my head. That's about as old as the president is, though. So I yeah, mean, I think yeah, Biden's a couple years younger than my grandma. Seventy-six, I think Biden yeah, is right. Something like that. The oldest president ever elected. Did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, great. We love that. Um, but yeah, Bernie Madoff, we talked about, uh, he was the topic of season one, episode four. If you haven't checked it out, please go do. But uh, we talked about in there how he was in terminal renal failure uh, on dialysis in prison. They didn't grant his release and that he would probably die soon. And lo and behold, he, he gone. He actually held out longer. I think we said that he was only going to last till February when we talked about it. You got you got two more months. So good look, job, Bernie. Look at you, Bernie. I wonder if they gave him a last meal. I mean, probably not because they didn't know he was going to die. Did you know that death row inmates um, request KFC more than any other meal for their final meal? What? I read that in a book once. I mean, it's. I guess it's better than that one guy. I don't know if this is true or not or if this is just a meme I saw online. It was a picture of a guy with like a bunch of tattoos on his face that said he requested a Bible for his last meal. And then he ate a bunch of the pages before they killed him. Which, honestly, if you're going to go out, do a badass like that, I guess. Yeah, you don't have to poop out the pages. It's fair. Just die with it in you. I feel like you could digest some pages. I don't think they're just going to come out like newspaper on the other side. What if you got a paper cut on your butthole? That would suck. That hurts so bad. Oh, the infection. Let's not try it. Uh, And moving on. Yeah, speaking of buttholes getting cut with paper. That has nothing to do with today's episode. Please don't give them that idea. (laughs) To set the scene. The year is 2014. A year dominated by ice, 
Frozen was just released, and literally everyone is singing Let It Go and nonstop talking about Olaf the Snowman. It was also the year that the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was big. People taking videos of themselves dumping cold water all over them in an attempt to raise awareness for the disease. Did it actually help? Probably not. I don't think any of them actually cared. They were just doing a fad. Uh, this girl that I know, she did the Ice Bucket Challenge. She's like, I'm here doing the ASL Ice Bucket Challenge. Yes, it's for sign language. This yes. is for the deaf people, all you out yes. there. Uh on the campus of West Virginia University, however, a small group of graduate student car nerds were attempting to break the ice on a new investigation for the International Council for Clean Transport, or the ICCT, a nonprofit law organization, hoping to find out more about how Volkswagen's clean diesel engines actually worked. They were testing the emissions of some cars both in the lab and out on the road, but when the results came in, they thought something must be wrong. The emission results on the road were 40 times higher than that in the lab. Whoa. But these cars had been marketed as clean for just about two decades. There's no way the darling of the German automotive industry and the American counterculture could purposely be deceiving American emission standards, right? 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 Like, seriously, though. Um so just a little bit of backstory. I found this interesting, so I decided to include it. Uh, Rudolf Diesel, the inventor he, of the diesel engine. Is he related to Vin Diesel? You know what? Probably not, Nina. Vin Diesel was my first celebrity crush. Do you think Vin Diesel's last name is actually Diesel? I no. feel I feel like it's not. No. And I'm not even going to look it up, but I feel like it's not. Uh, but he was, Rudolf Diesel, that is, a Parisian-born Bavarian immigrant who invented the diesel engine in an attempt to create a more efficient engine than the steam engines of his time in the late 1800s. And it ran off peanut oil. So it would kill you. Is it that fun? Me. They actually moved it to vegetable oil later. You could substitute vegetable oil in with literally no changes to the system. Which cool, is pretty cool, or I'd be dead. But he, like, in an attempt to, like, reach the height of efficiency, he increased the pressure that's in, like, an internal combustion engine causes a big old boom that pushes a piston that turns the drive shaft that makes your wheels go forward. Okay. Um, and this, he increased the compression in there so that it itself would light the fluid on fire, like the compression, which caused it to be extremely efficient, like way more efficient than steam engines, which would lose like 80% efficiency or something oh, over time. Oh, um, interesting. But he also died a very mysterious death. Do, 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 do. He was just on a boat one day mm -hmm. when he was like, I'm going to go to bed. You wake me up at 6.15 a.m. And then no one ever saw him again. Hmm. And they saw him go into his room, so he made it to the room, and then he was just gone. They fished a body out of the ocean like three weeks later, took all the stuff off of him. And then his son was like, ah, it's my dad's stuff. How tragic. So BuzzFeed Unsolved, I got a story for you. Help us, BuzzFeed. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hey, BuzzFeed, I know all of your your people are listening to this podcast right now. If you want to team up, send we us would a, love to collab. Send us a message. We'll we totally collab with you to on this. <laughs> um but those diesel engines that he created uh, are pretty much the same idea as modern day diesel engines. And even the idea of using peanut oil or vegetable oil is still used. We saw a prevalence of people using like biofuels and vegetable oils as diesel engine fuels not that long ago. I remember seeing a doc on like this, this guy who uh, would go around to get old grease, old vegetable oil from like fast food restaurants. And that's what he used to power his biodiesel engine. So everywhere he went smelled like French fries. Oh, my God, I'd be hungry all the time. Uh, that that being said, diesel fuels nowadays that you would put into a diesel engine are refined from crude oil, just like gasoline, uh, but are more stable. They have a higher flash point, and they're more fuel efficient and emit less CO2 than gas. Helping the earth. Yeah, there's more to that story, but we'll get to it later. Um, now, moving on to the main focus of our episode today, uh, Volkswagen. Is that it's probably something like that. I don't know. Volkswagen. It means people's car in German. It's not very inventive in the name. Can you imagine if just like Ford was just like people's car in English? That's awful. I think a lot of um if I remember correctly, a lot of German words are like that. Very like it simple. Liter it literally means like this. I guess that's fair because it's also built the city they built around the factory 
is like called Volksburg, which I'm pretty sure translates to People City. Mm-hmm. So it's the people's car built in People City. Uh, but the company was founded in 1937, backed by some of you might know this already, but it was backed by none other than Adolf Hitler at his rise before the World War II started. Uh, and it was it was backed so it could produce uh, the car that is now commonly referred to as the Volkswagen Beetle or the Bug, as I called it. I actually never called it the Beetle. I called it a Volkswagen Bug uh, in an attempt to create an affordable car available to families of all classes in Germany. So, of course, World War Two did happen pretty soon after 1937. And the company immediately moved into producing war vehicles for the uh, the Nazi war regime at the time. And also. They built freaking bombs at this factory. This was a bomb-making factory, which made it a very, like, high target for Allied Forces bombings. So the factory just got bombed to hell also after that. And it was basically decimated. After the war, though, they did move back to making cars. The British actually rebuilt the factory, and they tried to sell it as a part of the war reparations. Um but no one wanted it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they rebuilt it and that no one wanted it. Everyone was straight up just like talking shit about the Volkswagen Beetle. Um, like, this thing sucks. Uh, it ain't even big enough to fit my dick in it. And even Ford was offered Volkswagen because they went, they were like, okay, well, no one wants it in Britain. So we'll take it to America. And they tried to sell it to Ford. And he was like, I, Henry Ford, see eye to eye with Hitler on a shocking number of things. But I still think this car is a piece of trash. All right, so we found out today that Henry Ford is a Nazi. He was anti-Semitic. He's known for it. did not know that. So. um, Good to know. The company did stay alive, however, even though um, after the war, they, like, all the Allied forces scaled back Germany's economy to purposely keep it handicapped for a little bit. Yeah. So they could only produce 10% of what they were producing before, cars-wise. But they stayed alive because they were producing British military vehicles, And after the cap on uh, German economy ended, uh, they actually started booming through the 50s and 60s, introducing like way more models. Like at first they were only building the the Beetle, but then they introduced a bunch more. And later into the 70s, the Passat. And believe it or not, their highest selling model, the Volkswagen Golf from the 1970s. Yeah, I'd never heard of that. Uh, Me either. I'm sure there's a lot of people at home listening to this right now. They're like, I owned a Volkswagen Golf because obviously they were very popular, but... I'd never heard of them. No. I know the van. Um, They did gain huge market shares in America, becoming the face of the counterculture in the 60s and 70s, the face of the hippies. Um, Because if you think about hippies or Woodstocks, you're probably going to envision at least a few Volkswagen buses. And it became an icon of pop culture at the time and onward. Um, Have you ever seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? No. Well, there's a very famous scene from that movie where they open up the doors of the Volkswagen Bug. And they've and all is been there smoked. a mattress in there and then they're only camping with their friends? No, this isn't my life. This is someone's more fun life than mine. So they open the door and a bunch of like smoke pours out because they're all stoners. And uh-huh. they all fall out as they're going to class. That's funny. You know, uh, it's very iconic and it, it kind of sums up the times. Um, they sold half a million Volkswagen Beetles in the 1970s. Which is a pretty good market share of America's cars at the I time. I don't know what is normal to... I don't, I don't know what's normal for car sales. Well, we'll talk about what's normal now because we're going to fast forward to the mid-90s or at least closer right. to now. Uh, and we, we'll, When we were alive. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is around 96. So we were both alive at that time. Uh, Volkswagen's market share of American vehicles had drastically fallen after the counterculture and the bug and the van days no one kind of wanted the 80s uh volkswagens so uh they only sold around thirty-eight thousand out of 16 million in one year which is about 0.024 percent market share that's not good it's not they're not selling a lot of the cars sold in america and america is one of the largest market for automobiles because everything's so goddamn spread out so you have to have a car to get places Oh, don't don't get me started on that because I will get on a soapbox. And there's not train systems. It's a big problem. Uh, that's actually why they're they trying to build trains now. They do it on purpose mm-hmm. to keep. It's capitalism. Parking lots. You can build more parking parking lots. No, it's so that people can't. You have to have a car. So then redlining stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Classism. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
So they're out, right? They're not doing so well in one of the biggest markets in the world. So introducing Dr. Ferdinand Piech to the equation, uh, an Austrian-born businessman and engineer who came to Volkswagen as chair of the executive board in 1993 and stayed on as the chairman of the supervisory board. There we go. In 2002, he absolutely loved diesel engines. He would put his dick in a diesel engine. He would. He would fuck a diesel engine. Diesel. For he's like, oh, the compression. It's so much more efficient. I'm going to put my dick in this. Uh, he, Please he, don't do that. Yeah, no, it will. It will. Believe it or not, rip your dick off. Oh my god. So, um, he absolutely loved diesel engines and thought that they would make their way into the commercial market because previous to that, this diesel engines were only used pretty much exclusively in large engines like transport vehicles, semi trucks, stuff like that, and not actually in like consumer vehicles. And he was actually pretty right. Uh, the Europeans loved the fuel efficiency of diesel engines because, as we said, it's more more uh, fuel efficient than gas and it has a higher power output um, and it could be retained in smaller engines. So he built a smaller engine or de- helped design a smaller engine that was also still diesel and Smaller engines are more universal in Europe because obviously in America, we're all rocking like big old F-350s or whatever. Right. The bigger, the better over here. Exactly. You could, What environment? If like We when, want negative five to the gallon. When Europeans come over and see like a V8 engine, they're like engines come with more than four cylinders. Yeah. You know, like a V6 is kind of unheard of in a lot of European nations. So to have even two more, like an even bigger engine, that's fucking insane. Um, but these kind of gave them a punch in the smaller form factor that was uh, more common in Europe at the time. Yeah, the, the cars in Europe are much smaller. Yeah. The only problem was that diesel, diesel engines, although producing less CO2, as we mentioned earlier than gasoline engines, they're in total just like way worse for the environment. Uh, they produce more particulate debris, so a lot more actual soot. Uh, a lot of gas engines, I mean, catalytic converters do a pretty good job. So you also don't see a lot of particulates coming out of the back. But if you look at a diesel engine, you could probably see some shit coming out, you know. Um, and they produce high levels of NOx, which is which are just harmful nitrogen and oxygen gaseous compounds. Not to be confused with nitrous oxide, the stuff that they give you at the dentist. Oh, yeah. Don't confuse that because you definitely, I definitely knew what you were talking about for both of those things. Because that would be fun if cars released that. But that's N2O, not NO or NO2, which are what Knox is mostly. They bad for you. That's all you kind of need to know. Don't do it. Uh, And believe it or not. America has the strictest emission standards of the entire world. Not necessarily because the legislation is the strictest, like it sets the strictest limits, but because we are the only country that enforces them to the level that we do. You know what? That's the only thing we do do right. Enforce? That. Police? Yeah, we do that. We do that a lot. (laughs) No, the levels. I'm just shocked that we are the lowest or the strictest. Yeah, I know. I thought that Europe would be, and I guess Europe's legislation does is a lot stricter. But the only problem is, is that they don't really enforce it. it. Yes, they let uh, they let auto companies self regulate themselves, so they hire the labs. And as we and know, self regulation not great thing. Yeah, yeah, it's totally great. It definitely didn't cause the entire world to get poisoned. Go check out our season two premiere, the Dupont Water scandal, because that shit's crazy and they got to self-regulate which is why they got to just dump a bunch of chemicals into the water for years and they kind of do the same thing but luckily we have the epa here and we actually do enforce it to a good level um california out of all the states is also the strictest state out of the entire union and weirdly enough this is due to ronald reagan yeah that ronald reagan uh who set up the california Air Resource Board, or CARB for short, cute name, uh, to combat rising levels of smog in California, especially in Southern California, during his governorship. And he was the poster boy of anti-government regulation. I, you know what, there's not a lot of things that I can say good about Ronald Reagan, but I guess, fine, you can have that one. Well, that was the thing. Smog was becoming a big well, problem a in California at this point. problem in California. Like, we could be, honestly, what they've put into place has helped curb it from being what it is in, like, um, China. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, one industry 
and factories are a big part of their economy. Oh, yeah. So there's just more pollution. They also don't regulate it. So they have like... Oh, I mean, China's I mean, terrible. When I was there... That's why people wear masks just going out because the air quality is so bad, like, it'll kill you. Oh, yeah. When I was in China, I had a really hard time breathing because we... So this was when I was living in Japan. We bought masks to wear over in China and we just had like the little surgical masks. No, you need like the air filter mask. It's bad. And the Yikes. air, like the all the air has like a yellow hue Ugh. in Beijing where I was at. Yeah. And believe it or not, that's bad for you over a long course Guess of time. what? It won't kill you immediately, but they definitely know it causes premature death mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And Volkswagen has to try and create technology to meet the standards of wherever they're doing it, which is everywhere. They're an international car company, so they have to make their cars fit to every single standard that's set. And they're, we're, they were trying to make these smaller diesel engines, these uh, turbocharged direct injection or TDI diesel engine models, clean enough to pass the restrictions set by CARB. And they found something that worked. Uh, Mercedes actually had a uh, technology that they could buy that worked really well. The only problem, it was really expensive and it also caused a lot of wear and tear on the engine. So they decided to make something up in-house and they chose that instead. And miraculously, they found a way uh, to release a TDI diesel engine that showed not only less emissions than previous diesel cars, but even less NOx outputs than the gasoline alternatives. And they called these line of cars TDI Clean Diesel and advertised them as being clean, starting all the way back in 1996 as an effort to reintroduce themselves into the crucial American market. And it worked. VW sales went way up, and the results of their emissions tests showed them, like, or rather allowed them to receive government grants because they were offering grants to green cars. The green, uh, like green initiatives were giving money to people who made strides in helping to protect the environment. So they got money from the American government because of this. That's really interesting. Who was president in 96? So it would have been Clinton, Clinton. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting because I feel like we've really had a... 180 from that yeah since his since the clinton era well that's because when we will talk about this that's because of the bush administration well yeah we know i know that but it's just it's just interesting and i do commonly not commonly i do quite i think quite often like what would have happened if al gore would have been president and like how much better we would be off that's fair we would have jump started the track to get there right um but this was uh in 2006 in response to uh Tightening restrictions on emissions in California when they chose uh, their in-house built Knox trap. That's what they called it over blue tech, which is what Mercedes had. Uh, and Volkswagen went with the cost effective house derived Knox trap system. The only problem was that it did not work like at all. So instead of forking out the money in time to fix the problem, they instead decided to do what all people who can't do it normally, do cheat. Good job, Volkswagen. Cheat. Thanks, guys. So, uh... Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. In 2014, after selling half a million, 500,000 clean diesels here in America, a routine study in Berlin noticed that the emissions of the Volkswagen TDI diesels were noticeably higher when they were driving than when they were doing the emissions tests in a lab. And the scientists running this experiment then, obviously, like I said, they police themselves in a lot of uh, Europe. They regulate themselves. But in America, he knew that they'd care about this. So he forwarded it uh, to an American regulator. And then the uh, ICCT, the uh, International Coalition for Clean Transport, as we said earlier, um, got the wind of it and decided to investigate further into the matter. So the ICCT then got into contact with Dan Carter, a professor 
at West Virginia University to conduct these tests, thinking that they were actually going to prove Volkswagen had made no errors. At this point, they were like, oh, man, something must have went wrong. Let's just double check because there's I mean, there's no way that it's wrong. Volkswagen is one of the biggest car providers in the world. So they sent it over there to test the anomaly. And then after Carter and the car nerd gang uh, ran the experiment, however, they had shown numerous amount of times that although road tests do usually show higher emission numbers than in the lab, normally around a five to six percent or five to six times rather, not percent. Um, the emissions results of the Volkswagen cars were in some cases 40 percent higher than the lab tests. And it went higher than that sometimes. 40% is a lot. Oh, and oh, sorry. I keep saying percent. It's 40 times. It's oh, four, shit. It's 4,000%. Oh, whoa, whoa. BW. And they, they, tested, they tested three cars in this. Two Volkswagens and a BMW. The BMW stayed at or under most of the time, except for when it was like going up hills or something. It would like briefly pass it and then come back down. The Volkswagen, the whole time it was running... 40 times higher, but on average, That's sometimes, insane. sometimes it was 80, sometimes it was only five, of course, but yeah, 40 times. Now they sent this information back to the ICCP who got them the grants to do the uh, investigation, who at this point kind of knew that something was fishy. They were using some sort of what is called a defeat device, which is a device made purposely to acknowledge an emissions test is occurring and then make the car comply only while being tested. But they were afraid of the backlash the company would unleash on them. They're a small, not profit organization. So if they go to smear one of the biggest companies literally in the world, that might not look so well for them. So what they did is that they uh, took the results of the study, took Volkswagen's name off of them and BMW and just called it like car A, car B, car C. Interesting. Okay. And then they published the results and gave like a lecture on it at a very small gathering of people that had some Volkswagen execs in the crowd. And then they sent a courtesy email to Volkswagen being like, Hey, here's the study. Just so you guys know your car's a and B. So something's wrong. Okay. Because still at this point, no one thought they were doing anything malicious, right? They just thought something's wrong. They might not know it, but we don't want to face the backlash. They from were it. really giving them the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And he sent it off to them and didn't hear anything back. But Someone did hear about the study. It was a man named Dr. Alberto Ayala from CARB um, who saw the results and was like, yeah, something's wrong here. Like, we, we got to double check it, you know. So they redid the tests and they did them even more extensively. They drove a car like all the way from L.A. up to Seattle and then back, like basically all the way up the western border of America and back down. And they recreated all of the anomalies. Wait, so... So they recreated the same... Like, when the car was driving, it was producing on average 40 times more. Right. And when it was in the lab, it was perfectly under. It was more under. It was producing less knots right, than were, gasoline cars. Right, okay. It was more clean than a normal car, but it was a diesel engine. You know? So he recreated all of it, and he was like, okay, yeah, something's wrong. So we have to send some official questions to Volkswagen. Yeah. So they did. They got in contact with them and they said, hey, something's wrong. It's doing this when it shouldn't be. And Volkswagen would get back to them and say, oh, have you tried this? Like, oh, it might be a mechanical problem. Have you tried this? Have you ever thought? Have you tried just maybe turning it off and turning it back on and see if it works? Have you tried to see if that works? And they're like, oh, you know what? We didn't. We didn't do that. We'll go try that and we'll come back. And that went on for 18 months. That's a long time. Yeah. So 18 months, they're sending them questions. Volkswagen will take time. They'll come back. And every time they come back, they come back with all these ridiculous like things it could be. And they're just looking more and more into it. And then on further speculation, they were like, yeah, none of that actually makes sense. So you could tell the engineers were just kind of like frantically trying to cover their ass by coming up with like like things that it could be like a bad improver, just like throwing out ideas yeah. on stage. That makes no sense. Exactly. But of course, Volkswagen knew what they'd done. Oh, yeah, they knew. They had, in fact, installed a defeat device on their cars. They knew that. Software that they programmed would actually recognize if the wheel was turning in the car. And if it was stationary, it would turn on the emissions control system. Because when you hook it up to a, a dynamometer, uh -huh. which is what they do to, like, rotate the wheels right. and make it go right. or feel like it's going. I don't know. Um 
you the steering wheel obviously isn't moving. Right. So when the steering wheel's in one place and the car's running, the emissions control is turned on. And that puts wear and tear on the engine. But then as soon as it detects the wheel turning, turns them off completely. So there's just like, like even other, like the Mercedes one, it was like a triple catalytic, like buffer system or whatever that would help reduce emissions. This just had nothing. It was just like putting everything out there and they just made it purposely to defeat the tests and still get passed. What a bunch of hoes. Yeah. What a bunch of hoes put very eloquently, Nina. (laughs) Uh, Knowing this. Every time Carb would ask them a technical question as to why they were getting the results, once again, they would just come back with those answers to buy them time because they were basically stalling. They were like, shit, someone knows, someone knows. And during this, it was later discovered amongst thousands of internal emails that got seized and subpoenaed that Volkswagen execs were freaking the fuck out. As they should have been. Like, seriously, stop talking about your fraud in business emails. It's crazy. Like, they really think that nobody's going to see this. This has happened every time. It's like every, every episode. Step. Enron. Um, Jack Abramoff. Telecom. The texting scandal. Yeah. They just discuss everything in email. And then they're like, yeah, that's all like on the internet. We can just like get that. And they're like, I cleared my, but I deleted it. And you're like, does it matter, bro? In these emails, they said things like when the CEO of the American branch, who at this point was um, Oliver Schmidt, Mr. Schmidt, we'll call him Mr. Schmidt at this point because I know his last name is Schmidt. What he said at first when it was first brought to them in an email to some of the other execs, he said it should first be decided whether or not we are honest. If we are not, then nothing changes. He was basically saying he's like, hey, so we basically got to decide like. Do we just tell them the truth? And if not, we just kind of do what we're doing because well, we were already of, lying. So it's just like Fire Festival last week when we were talking about how um, they were like, either we come forward and say what we've been doing wrong and like suffer those consequences or we just try to keep pulling the wool over people's eyes and hope hope it works out. Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, it's never the second one. Yeah. Because it never Honesty works out when you get to this point. the best policy. And even more desperately, uh, one person responded, come up with a story, please. (laughs) So it's just them really trying to cover up everything. Now, also in this desperate attempt to cover things up and to make it seem like they were in the right, they decided to come up with their own scientific study showing that their engines were safe, which was an absolute abomination of science, if I can say so myself. Um, They set up a phony nonprofit organization called EUGT. I don't look at what it stands for. It doesn't really matter. Probably like European Union, some Gran Turismo. I don't fucking care. Um, And they funded this to run an quote unquote independent study that just so happened to be designed by Volkswagen executives and had more than a few problems. Yeah. I'll list some for you. Uh, One, it compared emissions from a TDI clean diesel car that was personally delivered by the engineer that helped make the defeat device. So, Already, they got their hands all over it. Um, it was being compared to a 2004 Ford F-250 uh, diesel, which was made before the new regulations. So, of course, it's dirtier. Yeah. Because they said, oh, yeah, that's bad. Let's not do that anymore. Uh, the testing dynamometer, or dyno as they call it, was handpicked by the American Volkswagen Group CEO, which is now a different guy because once Wynn got caught of it, they promoted uh, another executive to the CEO of the American branch, and that other guy went back to Germany. He's like, I gotta run. He's like, Ugh, see you later. Um, good luck extraditing me. Uh, and the original design for this study was that they wanted to vent the exhaust into a room where a human being would be riding an exercise bike, and then they would monitor their breathing as they what? exercise. Yeah. Yeah. That was the original design. They were talking about it. They drew up. There was a picture. They drew a picture for it. Like it got to that point where they were like, this could really be something, you know? I don't understand. Like, why is, do they have to be on an exercise bike? Uh, because they wanted to show that it didn't affect their breathing during exercise because that's basically what emissions do is fuck up your breathing. And they basically wanted to show that like, oh man, if they're breathing the stuff from the 2004 Ford, it's going to fuck them up more. Obviously, that was decided against. And they thought it was stupid. And then they instead did something horrible and they pumped both of the gases into glass cubes containing cartoon watching monkeys, 10 of them, and then took them back to a lab and then swabbed out their lungs and stuff. They were alive. They didn't kill them afterwards. But I mean, they put them in, they literally put them in a cube and then like forced a bunch of gases in there to see how it fucked them up. 
Poor little monkeys. For no reason. They knew. They knew what they were doing was wrong. Ten little monkeys watching cartoons. One fell off and died because of carbon emissions. <laughs> Nox emissions. Come on, Nina. Have you learned nothing? Uh, <laughs> we're struggling right now. No, I actually am struggling right now, but it's okay. It's because you look so pale. Dude, my armpit really hurts. <laughs> We're almost we're, we're know, almost there. We're almost to the fallout. Um, after learning the scandal, though, the scientists running it decided, yeah, we're not going to release. We're not going to release this study because it turns out this was stupid. So they made ten monkeys just breathe a bunch of noxious fumes for for nothing, no reason. I feel so bad for those monkeys, which is kind of shitty. Even if even if you're not opposed to like animal testing and always listen, I am not an animal lover, like. But I find that heinous. See, I do understand that sometimes you do need to do stuff like how we used to test the polio vaccines on monkeys. It's like, uh, you know, probably for the greater good. I'd rather test it somewhere and you have to test right. it somewhere before humans. Like, I don't think we should be putting makeup on bunny rabbits. Yeah. To I see was if like, their eyes fall off. I get the necessity of some. But when it's absolutely worthless, I got a problem with it's it. It's not cool. And I got a problem with this one. So in, two, in 2015, towards the end of all the stalling and doing this study, whatever... And Volkswagen saying that, oh, man, all this must be a mechanical fluke. Something technically happened. I don't understand. How could this happen? They finally did announce a recall. And what the investigators uh, assumed is that they announced the recall, hoping that the investigation would stop. Like, hey, no, you're right. You found something. Let's go ahead. We'll recall them. We'll get them back. We'll fix them. You know, and that they'd be like, oh, you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah, good job. Um but that's not what happened. They were like, they were already pretty sure they were doing something wrong. And it had gone too far. Carb and the EPA approached Volkswagen with obvious evidence that they had a defeat device in their car. And Volkswagen knew they were done. They were cooked. In an internal meeting about after this, uh, one of the executives talks about it. He says that they talk about the defeat device, how they purposely included it, and it was implemented only as a cost-saving measure. Because they knew it would be harder and more expensive to actually create a clean diesel engine than to just fake it. And then after that meeting, they publicly admitted to, and he actually said this, messing up big time. Like, we messed up big time. Oops. Oh, man. Oopsie. Uh, the CEO of the German branch, um, Martin Winterkorn, very German name, uh, made a press release that admitted the defeat device being in cars, but blamed it not on the executives again, but on some rogue software engineers. How? Okay. The phrase rogue software engineers is already just ridiculous. Like, why would... The, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. They were obviously just grasping for straws. Oh, absolutely. Because why would someone who works at Volkswagen be like... You, you know, know what? Let me fuck this up. Yeah, this isn't working. I'll lie and yeah. not tell anybody. Like, No. Absolutely not. Like, that software engineer got told to do it. You know you came up with the idea and told them to do it. All of your internal emails point to that you knew what was going on and you did it on purpose. Absolutely. Uh, so, nonetheless, even though he didn't take any of the blame and didn't put it on any of the executives, he was forced to uh, retire the next day. And the government at this point was also super upset mm -hmm. because their number one export is cars. It's like if Detroit and America just became a country. Right. They got everything. I mean, Volkswagen, uh, Mercedes, and BMW are the big three. But then Volkswagen owns, like, I don't know if you know this. They own, like, Bugatti, Lamborghini, um, and, and a bunch of other car companies that you probably notice the name of. Yeah. Uh, and so they have a bunch of stuff going on, like, right. based in Germany. Right. Cars are, like, their economy, kind right. of. It's their big export. So they were kind of upset. I think Angela Merkel... Like, when she first met the uh, lady who was heading up, she was, like, the board of CARB, or the executive of CARB, was like, why are you doing this? She's like, what the fuck? She's like, it's kind of my job, too. So after some very tough meetings between the EPA, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and Volkswagen, the latter decided it would be best to reach a settlement with the American government on the issue because they were forced to go through with litigation like, hey, we're not going to certify any of your cars for next year. So not only can you not sell the clean diesel cars, clean in quotation marks, but you also just can't sell cars in America if you wow. don't just agree to something here. They're really laying down the law. I mean, I'll 
blame them. They were slapping their dicks down on the table and having a measuring contest. Oh, big old schlong. And the EPA, they got packing. the biggest. They got the biggest dick. <laughs> yeah, they are packing, bro. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's because Ronald Reagan headed it up, but that was Lyndon B. Johnson who had a giant dick. They do look similar, though. Honestly, they both are kind a little of bit. shitty. Yeah, so. they're just old white men. Yeah. Oh wait, that's every president. Fuck. Oh. Uh, except for Barack. Except for Barack. Um, they agreed to plead guilty to three felony counts: conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government through wire fraud, wire fraud, and violating the Clear Air Act, obstruction of justice, and importing goods under false statements. And the Federal Trade Commission, who was uh, part of that. They came after them for false advertising as they ran many campaigns touting these cars as being completely clean. Cleaner than normal cars, obviously, but they were magnitudes worse. Right. Um, these are some of the uh, commercial references that I had mentioned to you earlier uh, off air, I believe. Uh, every time you drive a Volkswagen, a German engineer gets their wings. They had that. It was a Super Bowl commercial where like some kids said that and he was like he's like driving around and it would cut to like like Volkswagen internal like engineers like growing wings at like weird times. I don't remember that. I'd have to show it to you. We're not going to do it. Uh, And they also had this uh, also popular commercial that aired during the World Series, I think, of these three old ladies in a car. Mm -hmm. And she was like, how can you drive this? Diesel's dirty. And then she gets out and she like takes off a white scarf she's wearing and holds it next to the exhaust and she pulls it up and it's clean. She's like, no, look, it's clean. Stupid. I remember seeing these, but they were very popular at the time. So the uh, Federal Trade Commission was also like, yeah, you lied a lot. Which they did. Which they did. Um, This held both criminal and civil settlements. Uh, Financially, they agreed to a triple parallel settlement with um, the FTC, uh, the EPA, and a class action lawsuit from everyone who bought the cars for a total of $14.6 billion. Bill, oh, I, when I read it the first time, I thought it said million. No, it's billion dollars. $14.6 billion is just what this first settlement was. Part of which they had to use to buy back vehicles from affected parties. So they had to buy anyone who wanted to give back the vehicle. They would have to buy back, I think, at the price they sold it for. But I oh, wasn't good. 100% sure. They deserve that. Um some of which they had to pay back in uh, restitutions for wasting the government's time on testing because they really did lead them on a wild goose chase for a year and a half about it. They really it did. On purpose. And the emails they found afterwards showed they did it on purpose. Right. Uh, and some had to be reinvested into making zero emission technologies in future endeavors. So at this point, they were all on diesel. They really hadn't focused on electric or hydrogen or anything. They weren't major players in those departments. Um, so they had to reinvest some money into zero emission technologies of some point. Also, eight former Volkswagen managers were charged in America. And uh, former CEO Martin Winterkorn was indicted by the U.S. Department of Justice. And I mentioned this later, but I'll mention it now. Um, was also charged in Germany. Good. So Germany has actually, I know, obviously, Angela Merkel was a little bit opposed to it at first but i think pressure from everyone got them to really start um litigating these people and charging these people and arresting these people so at this point something like 12 executives have have been charged in germany as they should have um now the engineer uh that was in charge of making the defeat device and also was the one who hand delivered that car to the study that we talked about earlier james liang he was found guilty of fraud and sentenced to 40 months in prison. Uh, he was the only so that's one. 10 years. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was so stupid. That was so stupid. <laughs> that's 10 I, years. No, that was, that'd be um, three years and however many, four months. Math. We got there. We're not okay. We got there. Nina's vaccine is hitting her hard. Yeah, y'all. yeah. Sorry, guys. Hard. Sorry, guys. I really uh, thought I would be in a better spot. Pfizer is like a bunch of bricks to the armpit, from what she says. <sighs> bricks. To the, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, and then Oliver Schmidt, Oliver Schmidt, uh, the American branch CEO, before he went back to Germany, was also arrested in America, in Miami, while he was attempting to transfer planes to Germany on his way back from a Caribbean vacation, and did end up pleading guilty to conspiracy to defraud the government. So I don't know how much you got. Yeah. How much you got sentenced to sounds like a rough charge, though. right? Yeah. I always feel for these like not really bad, but it's always like, damn, you're coming back from vacay and you got arrested. You think you wouldn't be stupid enough to be like, 
You know what? I'm kind of. Let me change planes in America. I'm kind of wanted for some shit in America. Maybe I just shouldn't be on American soil at any time ever. You know what? I do think that there's like. They're cocky. They've gotten away with so much stuff for so long that they're like, ah, I can do this and not get in trouble. And just get something. You're rich. Get like a layover in Canada. You can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's insane. There was also international fallout with many different countries clamping down on Volkswagen. There's a whole list. So basically, because this is an international company and they violated a lot of countries' uh, emissions policies by doing this, they're in trouble Basically everywhere. As they should be. Um, and you can look up all the different ones. It's all online if you really want to look up how each country litigated it. I just looked through a few. But I did find that all in all, the total scandal has cost Volkswagen $33.3 billion, billion with a B, in fines, penalties, financial settlements, and buybacks. But that being said... The forcing of Volkswagen to invest in zero emission technology is actually proving beneficial for them um, as they are now one of the world leaders in this regard. And even after all this scandal, they somehow still realized their dream when Dr. Pierre came on in the first place of being the number one car manufacturer in the world, which they are now. They it's pretty crazy that they were able to cars. bounce back like that. They saved face so fast. All their executives were gone. A bunch of people indicted. They had to pay back $33.3 billion. They're still here. You know? And in the end, the choice of Volkswagen to purposely defraud consumers by making them think these cars were safe was purely for greed. It shows that this company, as with many other companies, I'm sure, put the welfare of their pocketbooks above that of human beings. And in the end, it turned out terrible for both. Volkswagen spent a lot of money in the aftermath, but they are still around today. And it is estimated that anywhere from 10 to 350 premature deaths were caused by the excess amount of pollution that these cars spewed into the atmosphere. The company survived but they didn't. The long-term effects of pollution aren't yet realized, but we can tell that they can only get worse from what they are now. So in conclusion, climate change is real. It's hurting people now, and it will do so in the future. And sincerely, from the deepest depths of my being, fuck Volkswagen. Yeah, um, <laughs> so this episode, I've always wanted um, a beetle. I've always uh-huh. wanted a bug, um, and this makes me, I don't think I will ever make that purchase. Yeah, this made me pretty upset at them, too. I mean, yeah. uh, this is one of the first, um, one of the first topics in, like, corporate fraud that I ever got into. I watched an episode of Dirty Money, which is on Netflix. It's still up if you guys want to watch it on this scandal, like, three years ago, and it really intrigued me, and it kind of led me into coming up with this idea a few years later, at least indirectly. And I always wanted a Volkswagen uh, bus when I was a teenager. I always wanted one like, oh man, crash pad on wheels. You know, you can go everywhere. They look super cool. I like the vintage look of them. And yeah, now I really don't like Volkswagen anymore. That being said, a lot of other country uh, or a lot of other automobile manufacturers, they're doing this too. Right. Audi, which is also a subsidiary of um, Volkswagen. They're owned by them. They were kind of getting investigated. So was BMW. So was Mercedes. So are a lot of car manufacturers to be like, they think they're doing at least a little bit of this. I don't think they're doing it as egregiously as Volkswagen did. We're literally like when it's not testing, there's just no safeguards. Yeah. You know, but it's bad. I mean, they were in Berlin where they're close to where they're based out of. They tested Knox levels like everywhere. Like one of the guys in one of the documentaries I watched. He was going around testing like inside classrooms and stuff, stuff where cars weren't. He lived on like a very quiet road where not many cars passed by. He tested the air there. It was like five to six times the legal levels everywhere of Knox. And it's because there's such a big hub of car manufacturers. And sure, we don't know what it's like now. We're not feeling a lot of big effects now, but kind of what I said in my conclusion, we don't really know. Right. We have no idea what this is going to do, but we know it's, it can only get worse. Like it's not going to, we're not going to like be cockroaches and somehow like develop like an adaptation right. where we're immune to it. That's not going to happen. No, that's not how we'll that just, works. Like that's what people think evolution is like, but no, we'll just die. <laughs> like if it gets yeah, too bad. Absolutely. So it's really important. 
And I find this topic really important, which is why I kind of want to do it. Oh, yeah. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> a little somber there at the end, I know. Yeah, Talk that about, was a little sad ending. But. Talked about deaths, but, I mean, I, it does really hammer home. You know, yeah. this is something we got to pay attention to. And regulation of a lot, and company regulation in general, a pure, a pure capitalist society doesn't work. No. You know, we're probably talking a future episode about uh, the real banana republics, which is like uh, most like quite a few Central American countries are literally owned almost by fruit companies. Yes. Because of a bunch of things. And this is kind of what this feels like. Like Volkswagen almost owns Germany. Germany because of how well, much stake it, in, or like how banks almost own America because they have so much stake. Well, in and it also us makes me think of when in 08, when the government bailed out GMC and all those other car companies where mm-hmm. it's like, we're so dependent on these companies that they can do whatever the fuck they too want. Too big to fail. And yeah. too big to fail is a very scary thing yeah. to have to say about Problem. your country when, when you're not also not regulating those companies right. that have such a big involvement in your country just working in the first place yeah so um yeah like i said thanks so much for listening uh if you wouldn't mind uh dropping by and leaving us a review if you like the episode we are the proud owners of a 3.2 uh star rating on itunes hey it went up nope (laughs) no it was at 3.0 when i thought it was at 3.0 long time ago it's been 3.2 for a long time oh never mind um but we are the proud owners of a 3.2 rating on itunes and 81% 81% our analytics show of you right now are listening on iTunes. So it'd be great if you'd stop by and if you like what you're hearing to support us, to leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate that. Uh, we've been doing this for a while now and we, we like to get some good feedback on it since we've been doing it for a while. Um, you can follow our social media, uh, facebook.com slash white collars red hands. You can also follow our Twitter at white collars pod. Our Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. Yeah, those are all real hard to remember, guys. I'm yeah. Uh, some variant. Of white collars, red hands. Believe it or not. Uh, you can also listen directly on our website, believe it or not. I haven't plugged this a lot, but you can at whitecollarsredhands.com. Also very easy to remember. Um, and you can also, if you have a suggestion or you honestly just want to send us your thoughts on a topic and you don't want to do it on any of those social media we already talked about, you can also send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Still super hard to remember. And then I think that's kind of all I got. Yeah. So, uh, you can also watch us on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You can watch us on YouTube over at, uh, uh in, Entertainment yep. Buffet. Yep. Uh, that's also another way we monetize. We did start doing ads here to support because I spent a lot of my own money on podcasting equipment. Yes, he did. Which I I'm did trying. not give him a dime. So, we're not doing it just because we're greedy. I waited a long time because I didn't know this is a podcast about, um, white collar crimes and eating the rich or whatever. So I didn't really know if I wanted to monetize it for a while, but I spent a lot of money on this. So I figured that I might as well. So, yeah, you know, if you want to mind going over there, we also get paid from entertainment buffet. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. And, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on another episode of white collars, red Red hands. hands.